130, Psalm 119, verse 130. Psalm 119 is the longest psalm in the, in, in the Bible. So that's why you see 119 and verse 130. That's a lot of verses. Well, I mean, Psalm 119 has actually, it's got 176 verses in it. So we're just a little over halfway through it in, in this. But it says in Psalm 119, it says, The entrance of thy words, they give light. They give light. It gives understanding unto the simple. So there's some, that's what I want to talk to you today. And the, the, the title of the message is, Healing is the Entrance of, of, of God's Word. Healing takes place at the entrance of God's Word. When you allow the Word of God to enter into you, all right, I'm, not talk, I'm, I'm not just talking about your mind, I'm talking about your spirit. I'm talking about everything that is of you. When you let the Word of God enter into your spirit being, all right, there's light. And when light comes in, there is no darkness, right? You know, we, we've talked about this before, but it, it bears repeating. You know, when you, you go into a room and you turn the lights on, you don't see darkness retreat, right? You, you don't stand there and flip the light switch on and watch darkness retreat. No, it just disappears. It, it's like, boom, it's gone. Well, that's what the entrance of God's Word does to things in our life, all right, in, in really every area of your, of your life. The entrance of His Word is that powerful, all right? And that's what it says here in the last part. It says, it gives understanding unto the simple. See, you don't have to real be real deep to get this, that the entrance of His Word in your life it brings life, and it brings light, but it also brings life. It brings prosperity. It brings help. It brings everything that is of God into your life. But you have, you have to allow His Word to come into you, and then you have to be willing to take that Word and do something with it. And it's through that process of you just taking the word, and then you using that word, that light has come into your life. Alright? And when that, when you go, as you go through that process, change starts to take place. A, a lot of believers see, they'll sit there and they'll, they'll see the word, they'll listen to a, a powerful message, but see, they don't ever take anything from it and go out and actually speak it over themselves. They, they don't get anything from it, so what happens? The darkness just returns. Because while you're sitting there and you're listening, you're hearing the word preached, all right, there's light there. All right, so see, there's some understanding that's going on in your mind even because the entrance of God's word pushes out darkness. It just disappears. So even though you can have a person with an unrenewed mind, all right, their mind's unrenewed, but see what's happening at the entrance of God's word, being in his presence, all right, the darkness flees. But then when they leave, see, now it, it depends what they're going to do with that, the, the entrance of God's word. 
Are they going to take that word and do something with it? I mean, you don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be a, 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 an apostle. You don't have to be in the fivefold ministry. All right? You just got to take the word and do something with it because that word has light in it, which is really the power of God. You know, it was just like in the beginning when God looked out and, there, and, and darkness in, in, encompassed the earth. He said, let there be light. And light was. All right? When, as, no sooner that he said, let there be light, light was. He didn't say, let there be light. In about 15, 20 minutes, all of a sudden, this little bitty light starts to come out and it starts to shine and got brighter and brighter. No, it was. It was instantaneous. Light was. As soon as he said it. So see, you have to get that understanding that the entrance of the word of God is light over every situation. If it's health, if it's healing, if it's deliverance in your life that you need, the entrance of his word brings that to you. It's just up to you to receive it. If you follow Jesus' ministry, and I know everybody in here, you've, we followed it, but you, know, you recall every, every time he ministered to people, what was he doing? He was bringing light to them. And he had to wait and see, have they received it? Right? He was looking for those individuals that had received the entrance of his words. Amen? You know, I mean, I wouldn't plan on, on talking about this one, but I'm the Roman centurion. Right? The Roman centurion, you're familiar with that story, he comes to Jesus because he has a servant that's sick and dying. And uh, Jesus said, I will go and I will minister to him. And the Roman centurion says, hold on. I'm a man under authority. And I'm a man of authority. I tell people to go, they go. I tell people to come, they come. And I understand, I'm paraphrasing this, he said, I understand that you are under authority. You just speak the word. What did he have? He had a revelation on the light. He knew that when this man spoke the word, things happened because he believed it. So what did he have? He had faith. He had faith that all Jesus had to do was speak the word and his servant would be healed. He didn't need to come to him. Now Jesus offered, let's go, I'll, I'll go and minister to him and he'll be healed. No, no, he said, no. You just speak the word. And, and he'll be healed. I understand how authority works and I know you're under authority. And I'm a man of authority. I tell people to go, they go. I tell people to come, they come. They listen. I understand how authority works. See, and that's one of the things you have to start to understand is how authority works. And Jesus said of this man, he said, in all of Israel, I have not seen greater faith than this man. And he wasn't even a Jew. He was in the Hebrew. He's a Roman centurion. Yet he had more faith than anyone that Jesus had seen up until that point in all of Israel. Because what? 
He understood the entrance of God's words. They bring light, and they bring life. So see, here we have this. This teaching is back in the old, in the old covenant, all right? And there was revelation on that. But now, now let's go to Proverbs chapter 18. I want you to look at something here in Proverbs 18. There, there is a revelation. We've heard this before, but see, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God over and over. But there's a revelation that you and I, we have to get. And... What you meditate on, what you study on, is, is going to have a divine influence on your life. All right? What you meditate on, what you listen to, is going to have a divine influence on your life. If you don't meditate on anything in general, then the world's going to have a divine influence on your life. And guess what the world's bringing? Darkness. It's bringing darkness to you. Because that's all it has. That's the only power it has. So that power that the world has because of your lack of meditation on the things of God, the, lo the level of your light in your life will, will diminish. That's why faith has to be renewed every day. You can't live off the faith that you had yesterday or last week or last month. You know, if you were, if you were to, to, to have gone out and ministered it and, and raised somebody from the dead last month, you can't live off that faith. Your faith has to be renewed day by day by day because what happens is, well, that was a month ago. That's great and that's awesome that God used you in that area, but, but see, you can't live off that faith. Because that light was a month ago. You've got to walk in the light of the Word every single day because if you're not walking in the light of the Word, what's happening is you're going to start walking in darkness. Amen? You'll walk in darkness. You know, it says in, in, in the New Testament in 1 John, it says, as He is, so are we. If we walk in the light, as He's in the light, Right? If we walk in the light as he is in the light, as he is in the world, so are we. So how do you walk in the light? You, you walk in the light, you're letting the, the entrance of God's word lighten everything up every single day of your life. And that's what Jesus did. He ministered because he had spent time in the word. That's why he got up early in the morning and spent time in the word got that light in him so that everywhere he went that day, he already had the unction of the Holy Spirit what was going to happen. Nothing caught him by surprise. Why? Because spiritually he was prepared, and this is the Son of God. Think about that. If the Son of God had to get prepared for every single day, how much should we with the Holy Spirit, be prepared for every single day of your life. We need to be. But, but few people, few people listen to that. A lot of people that are in, in ministry over the years, I, I've, I've seen them exit their lives early. Why? Because 
the thing that they were excited about. I know that may sound like the same thing. It's two different things. They were excited about ministry because they wanted to preach the gospel. They wanted to minister to people and see people get born again. Well, that's fine and great, but see, there's a calling for that to be an actual ministry in a, in a fivefold ministry. Not everybody's called to that. So what happens is people step into that ministry because of various different reasons. Maybe the church, you know, the pastor of the church left or something, and, and you got a congregation of 20 or 30 people, and they, they need a pastor. So what happens is one of the members says, well, we can't find a pastor. I'll just I'll fill that shoe. That's noble, all right, to do that. But see, that's not a calling. And, and a person like that, you'll get in trouble because you, you've not been called by God to do that. And many people I've, see, I've seen over the years, they get in, they get in fina financial messes. They get depressed. Because when you step into the office of a pastor, every devil in hell is coming after you. You, thought, you think you're being attacked as a Christian. You have not seen anything yet till you step into the office of a pastor or any of the fivefold ministries. And it's not just one attack. It's attack after attack after attack. And they use people that are close to you to attack you. All right? So see, if you don't have a revelation, you don't, you, you, you don't have a calling on it, God's grace and his mercy is not on you for that. Why? He never asked you to do that. You need to hear from heaven because at the entrance of God's word, at the entrance of his calling on your life, there's light. So, as Jesus is in the world, so are we. If we, if we walk in the light as he is in the light. You can only walk in the light that you have. You can't walk in the light of uh, someone else's light. You can't walk in Smith Wigglesworth's light. That, was, that light was for him. You have to take the light that you have and start to work to walk in it and develop it. It'll get brighter and brighter and brighter because of more revelation that's coming to you. I mean, the light, the 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 the, the brightness of God's light automatically lightens up everything around you. Now, do you see everything around you? No, because you need the revelation. But yet, it is all lit up, already lit up. Now, let's look here. Did I tell you Proverbs 18? Did I tell you what verse? Okay, that's where we're at. Look at verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. All right? And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. They that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So there's power in your words. There's revelation in your words. You've got authority. I like what the uh, uh, the uh, Passion Translation says it this way: Your words are so powerful that they will kill or give life, and a talkative person will reap the consequences. Now that's revelation. The talkative person will reap consequences. That means what you say the most of, it's going to come to pass. 
If you're speaking words of darkness, that's what's going to come to pass. But if you take the light of the Word of God and you start speaking that over your situation, over your, yourself, over your family, over your children, your grandchildren, over your job, over your finances, guess what's going to happen? That light, as soon as you start, the light's already shining on it. It's already shining on it. It doesn't show up a week later, although there's times you might feel like it, 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 it hasn't shown up at all. I'm telling you, it has showed up, because what it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. When you're speaking the light of God's word over the situation, immediately the light has gone on in that situation. Now, do you see an immediate result? Not, most of the time, no. But you can't. It can happen. And the reason why it doesn't happen immediately is because there's an adversary out there, and he's not just going to lay down and let you have things your way. In the meantime, while he's not going to lay down and let you have things your way, he understands that if you take the, the anointed word of God, which is light to every situation, the anointing destroys the yoke. He knows that. So what does his, his countermeasure? He has a countermeasure. All right? And his countermeasure is not nowhere near as powerful as the things of God. But you've got to get a revelation in your life that the devil is impressing upon you to think what? To think darkness. So he's putting thoughts in your head and in your mind to get you to do what? To focus on those things or just even he just focus on nothing. Don't spend time with God. Spend time watching TV. Watch your television programs. Why? Because as long as you're watching your TV programs, your TV movies, the word, the light of God's word is not working in your life. Darkness is working. And even though that yesterday you spoke the word of God over your situation, a day or two days going without the light, all right, it starts to diminish. But what's, what else starts happening? The darkness starts to grow. And it's more and more. It's more and more. Can you imagine a Christian that has given their life to, to Jesus? But they don't just go days without speaking the word of God over themselves. They go, they go years decades and then something major tragic happens in their life and they want to call out to God and what an opportunity the devil has because when that happens and they call out to God and nothing happens then Satan throws down his next trick which is God doesn't care about you And what happens to a lot of Christians? They believe it. When they spent all this time ignoring God, ignoring the things of God, 
ignoring what God has freely given to you to be a partaker of. And I'm not, saints, I'm not saying we've got to spend hours a day in His Word. 10, 15 minutes a day. 10 or 15 minutes a day of that light, of that Word in your life, change situations. All right? Look here at verse 20. I, I, I did it this way in, in, in Proverbs 18. Verse 20, it says, A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. In other words, what you're saying, that's what's going to fill you up on the inside. So people that are always complaining that nobody wants to help me, nobody wants to do this for me, you know, it's, it's just blah, blah, blah. What are they doing? They're filling their stomach. They're filling their spiritual belly full of that mess. And then they can lay down and not sleep because why? They're not satisfied. They're hungry. They need something, but what they fill themselves up with is tearing them apart. It's not helping them. All right? See, that's what he's saying here. He says, and with the increase of their lips, they'll be filled. So what he's saying here, the more you say something, the more you keep saying it over and over again, it's going to fill you up. And, it'll, you know, and the enemy will love having you speak darkness over yourself so that what? The light doesn't come in. Because you can pile up so much darkness inside you, you don't see the light of God that's living in you. It's still there as a Christian. He said, I'll never leave you. I won't forsake you. But see, if I keep piling up darkness in front of him, I don't pay attention to him anymore. I can get to that point where I've got so much darkness piled up on the inside, filled me up so much with darkness, I don't even sense God's presence anymore, but yet he's still there. I talk to people all the time that that's how they feel. Well, I, yeah, I used to I used to be a Christian. What do you mean you used to be? If it really took, if it really took hold, you're still a believer. Do you want to serve God? Oh yeah, I want to serve God. Then you're you're a Christian. And they'll come up with this, but they want to talk about all the things that they've done. Well, see, the reason why you got this but in your life. It's because you focused on dark things. You filled yourself up with dark things so that what? You don't see the light of the gospel anymore. You don't see that. Now, I want to bring a point out here. Turn to Revelation chapter 1 real quick. Because this has to do a lot with healing. In Revelation 1, Chapter 1, let's pick it up in verse 5 here. It says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. So what did he do? He washed you from your sins in his own blood. He did it with his blood, not your blood. Verse 6, and he has made us 
kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. So Jesus made you a king and a priest. Right? He says that in Revelation. It doesn't say he's going to. It says he has made you a king and a, and a priest. It doesn't say or. You're not just a king, but you're a priest. Well, what does a king do? A king rules in his land. He tells people to go, they go. He tells people to come, they come. Amen? They listen. What does a priest do? A priest ministers to the Lord. That's what a priest do. A priest would go into the temple. Now, I'm talking in the Old Testament. A priest would go into the temple and minister to the Lord and then come back out and tell the congregation, tell, tell, the, tell the Jews what the, Father, the Lord said. But see, Jesus, after he washed you with his blood, he took you, washed you with his blood, and then he made you a king and a priest. That's very important. You are a king and a priest. Now go back to the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. Where is that at? It's right after Proverbs. Ecclesiastes. And chapter 8. See, these are things that you meditate on. When darkness is trying to surround you, you remind yourself, I was washed in Jesus' blood, his blood. He cleansed me from all unrighteousness with his blood. Not my blood, with his blood. But he didn't stop there. He made me a king and he made me a priest. It didn't say anything whether I deserved it or not. It said that he made us kings and priests. So see, you can't look at yourself and say, well, I feel, I feel like a king because I kind of feel like I deserve it. I've done enough you know, in, in the kingdom that I, I do feel like I am a king. Well, see, now that's your problem because now you've become works-oriented. And salvation, healing, deliverance, and all that is not by works. It's by the grace of God through faith. So you've been made a king and a priest now look at this. This is Old Testament in Ecclesiastes 8. Where the word of a king is, there's power. Where the word of a king is, there's power. You have power over every situation that arises in your life, in your family's life, in your children's life, your grandchildren's life, and I'm talking in the realm of spirit. Because in order for things to change, you have to understand somebody's going to have to speak the word of God over the situation. And if it's not you, then who? Some people are waiting for somebody else to come along to speak the word of God over their situation, and there's very few of them that understand their authority. They'll get on social media and ask people to pray for them and probably 
90% of the people never even pray for him. They'll tell you that, oh yeah, we'll, we'll keep you in our prayers. The other 10, 20, or 30% that do pray, they don't even know how to pray. They just throw up. And they're really, really, if you listen to them, they're begging God to do something that he's already done. See, faith has an attitude. Faith has an attitude. Because faith understands some things. Faith understands that it has been made a king and or queen. Uh, you know, male or female. It, it, I'm not... The, God's no respecter of people. What he did for the male, he did for the female too. All right? You've been made a king. That means you're an absolute authority. You're not just a queen. If you're a female, you're the king. That means you're an all authority. Okay? You're all authority over your situation. You've been made a king. And because you've been made a king, there's power in your words. Specifically, in your life, in your situation. And the entrance of God's word in your life that you speak, there's light and darkness disappears. So how long does it take for the situation in your life to manifest what you want to see manifested instead of what the enemy is trying to manifest? That's not your part. It's, it's really not your part. And for you to get involved in that part of it is worry, and worry cancels out faith. You know, when God delivered me and healed me of cancer, I didn't ask him how long I would have to wait till it was gone. He volunteered the information. He told me, after I had repented, he said, now Michael, in 30 days this will all clear up. It'll be gone. I didn't ask him how long it was going to take. I didn't, because I knew when I had repented that things were immediately had changed in the realm of the Spirit. Sometimes God tells you like he did me. And it's not obvious because, you know, if I'm not paying attention to what the Father is saying, I wouldn't have heard that in 30 days this will be gone. So sometimes he, has, he does tell a lot of people, but I believe what happens is most of us, we're not even paying attention to what he says. Because we're so worried about that situation, we're, we're living our life in fear to begin with, and we enter into the Father's presence and asking him to do something, but we're so used to living in fear and worry, we don't even hear what he says. You know, if the truth be known, we're, we're, we're a lot like that in our everyday lives. We don't hear what people say to us because we're so busy thinking about something else. You know, there's a person in here who says, oh, I hear everything. No, you don't. You're lying. You're fooling yourself. You get sidetracked just like everybody else does because you're so busy and you're so important. But see, we can, that can carry over into our prayer life and, and talking to the Lord. We're telling him everything that we need and he already knows what you need. Before you even ask, you know. Go to Psalm 103. You're back here in Ecclesiastes. Just keep going back to Psalm 103. I want to get to this. 
because it's important. A lot of people have forgotten this. They're never taught these things. They, under, they don't understand why things happen in their life. Psalm 103, verse 1, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, verse 2, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Most Christians have forgotten that there is any benefits. Or the only benefit they can remember is that when I die, I get to go to heaven. Because one time, long ago, I went and said, I went and said a prayer. And that's what they bank everything on. You know, that's the most important thing, is that it, when you die, you, you know where you're going. But see, there's so much in between. So the psalmist warns us, he says, Forget not all, your, all his benefits. Verse 3, who forgives all of your iniquities. Some people live their entire life in condemnation. Not realizing that the Father's already forgiven you of all of your iniquities. All of your, all of your sins. Who heals all of your diseases. Not some of them, not a few of them. Not the ones that he thinks are important. It's his all, and all is all. See, at the entrance of his word in this area, it brings light to you. Because a lot of Christians, they believe, well, you know, sometimes God makes people sick because if you, if you don't get sick, how do, you, how do you die? You ever heard that one before? I've heard it many times. Well, if, if you don't get sick, how are you going to die? How about you just close your eyes and you go home? A lot of people have done that. A lot of believers, they just say, you know, I, I, I finished my race. I'm done. I'm going to go home. Now, the, the medical industry will, will, apl will apply something to it. You know, they had a heart attack or something. But see, if you, if you make it up in your mind, because you, where the word of a king is, there's power. And you say, you know, within, within the next month, I'm going home. I'm not staying here anymore. Guess what? You're coming out of that body. Because if you've got a revelation on that, you're coming out of your body. So see, you've got a lot more to, to say about how long you live your life than what you realize. You know, I hear, I hear a lot of unbelief people take it saying that, you know, well, God knows the day that you're going to go home. He's promised you 120 years. It says it's, it's accounted unto man once to die. It doesn't say it's been accounted unto man a day to die. Once to die. You're, just, you're only going to die once. You're not going to die and then come back as a cat or a dog or a frog or a, a hummingbird. All right? You're going to die one time. <laughs> That's it. But he says he, he heals all your diseases. Verse 4, he redeems your life from destruction. And then he crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Think about that. You've been crowned with his loving kindness. And that word is a, is a covenant word. It means hasid. That's divine favor. Divine love. Tender mercies. He's merciful to you. He satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. What does he satisfy your mouth with? Good things. What are the good things? His word. Because the entrance of his word brings light into your situation. So when things look like they're dark in your situation, 
He's given you his word so that your, your, your youth is renewed like eagles. All right? Verse 7 here, drop down here real quick. It says, He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. Moses knew about this. Moses knew God would heal them of all of their diseases. He'd forgive them all of their sins. See, there was a time where, where Moses brought the law, but all the purpose of the law was to do was reveal sin in your life. Because where there was no law, there wasn't any sin. That's why a lot of the books in the Bible that were actually written before the time of the law, you see them do some really wild stuff. You say, well, they lied. Well, of course they lied. They, they, they didn't have the law yet. And where there's no law, there's no sin. So that's why it appears that way. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's go one, one, one final scripture and then we'll close. Acts chapter 10. See, when you get a revelation on the Word of God and what it will do in your situation and you take it and you start and you take that Word and you speak that Word over your situation, light has immediately come. Darkness is, is gone. It's gone. Now, are you going to pay attention to the natural realm and sit there and look and say, it doesn't seem like it's changed at all to me? See, then you're, gonna, you're not operating by faith. You're operating by sight. And Paul even talked about that. He said, well, while we look at not what we see, but we look at what we don't see. Because the things we see are temporary, and when you get a revelation on the light, the entrance of his words, they're extreme temporary. They've disappeared. But the things we don't see, those are life. Eternal life. And when does eternal life start? At that moment. When you got born again, eternal life started functioning and operating in your life, even though you didn't understand it, even though you didn't even know it was there. Most Christians, if you ask them about eternal life, they think of, well, when I die, I get to go to heaven. But you, you didn't understand that eternal life started the day you gave your life to the Lord. Eternal life started operating. The light of God started operating in your life. It says here in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good. And look what he did. He healed all that was oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So to think that, 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 that God doesn't, it's not always God's will to heal, then why did Jesus go about healing all that was oppressed to the devil? And obviously, if he healed everybody he ministered to, got healed, all right? And if you think that God uses sickness to teach people, he was fighting against the Father then. And the Bible says, a kingdom that is divided shall not stand. So there's no way that what Jesus was doing, and it says at the last here, for God was with him. Boy, isn't that confusing? 
God's trying to make people sick to teach them a lesson, but he's with Jesus, healing everybody that's, that's oppressed by the devil. He's fighting amongst themselves. No, he's not. No, he's not. You, see, you've got you to get rid of that thinking that God is, makes people sick to teach them a lesson. There is no sickness in heaven. Where would God get the sickness at? He'd have to steal it from the devil. And he's not a thief. So sickness, our, our healing, is actually, Jesus said it back in the Gospels, it's the children's bread. It's our bread. It's our bread. And isn't it interesting that when Jesus, when Jesus was asked to teach us to pray, one of the prayers he said, he said, give us our daily bread. Now that's old covenant. But he said, give us this day our daily bread. Our healing for today. Our healing for today. That's what he was saying. And, 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 and the disciples, they understood that. As he taught them to pray, and it was a model prayer, give us this day our daily bread. Father, I thank you for healing me today. I just thank you, Father, that I'm healthy. What am I doing? I'm, I'm bringing it to remembrance. I'm bringing it to remembrance that healing is, is, my, is the children's bread. It's my bread for every day. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with power and the Holy Ghost, and he went about doing good and healing all. Those are two separate things. He went about doing good, helping people. All right? If, they, if, if it's a financial thing, he, he, he worked in that situation. If it's a house they needed, it got, it got taken care of. If it was a new donkey or a, or a camel, it got taken care of. But he didn't stop there. He went about healing all that was oppressed to the devil. All that was oppressed. Amen? At the entrance of his words, they give light. They give light. Give God the entrance of his words into your life. Seriously. Give the Lord the entrance of his words in your life. They give light. So see, when you speak that word over your situation, immediately the light of God is shining on it. The darkness is fleed. It's gone. It's not retreating. As I said earlier, when you turn a light switch on in a dark room, you don't see darkness retreat. It's gone. It just vanished. Right. Well, if electricity will do that in the natural, you know, I, I can't remember who it was, Brother Hagen or somebody said that electricity in the natural is a picture of God's power in the supernatural. Because it's power. When you hit that light switch, boom, lights come on. When you speak the word of God, boom, the light of God has shown on that situation. It's already changing. Now, do you, do you feel better immediately? Sometimes you do. Sometimes you don't. You just got to keep, keep the pressure on. Don't, don't sit there and turn the light switch off. Now it's off. Now it's on. Now it's off. Now it's on. Now it's off. It's on. And some people do that in their faith. It's off. It's on. It's off. It's on. It's off. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even messing with it anymore. Okay, now you just walked away from the situation with the power off. 
Don't do that. Keep the power. Keep the light switch of faith. Turn on. Power of God's working in my life. Power of God's working in this situation. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to be fearful. Hallelujah. There's great peace in that. Meditation. I've said this before. The reason why you meditate on the Word of God is because meditation brings vision. You start to see it. When you start to see it, you know it's gotten in your spirit. But see, if you say the Word of God in, <clears throat> and in the spirit realm, you don't see it working in your life, you need to keep meditating on it more. And just because I see it manifested in my life today doesn't mean I don't meditate on it tomorrow. I'm going to keep the pressure on. Till what? It comes to pass. It comes to pass. And you'll see it come to pass. It has to. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. The situation has to change. The Word of God is incorruptible. Incorruptible. Amen? Praise God. Glory to God. Let's just lift our hands to heaven and give Him thanks, Father. Father, we thank You, Lord. Father, we worship You. We worship You. We worship You, Father. You are worthy. Worthy to be praised. Worthy to be praised. Worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We worship you. 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 The power of God's flowing right down through your fingertips now. Mm. The power of God is flowing right now down through your fingertips. Extend your fingertips up because it's flowing like honey, just like on Aaron's beard. The power of God as we worship is flowing down to your fingertips. It's bringing healing, deliverance to your entire body. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. There's things changing in your life right now. By the power of God. By the power of God, it's changing right now. 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 Yeah. Yes. Quit, quit looking, quit looking at your flesh and checking to see how you feel. There's no faith in that. Believe what the Word of God says. At the entrance of His Word, there's light, light. His words have come into you. Just receive it by faith. By faith. Tomorrow you get better. The next day you get a little bit better. Next day, a little bit better. You know, each day, it, it'll get better and better and better. And, 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 and there'll, there'll come a point where you'll sense it getting better. It may be tomorrow. It may be the following day. It may be next week. But see, you just keep that light switch of faith turned on, and what you're, you'll see a full manifestation in your life. Father, we worship you. We worship you. I, saints, I can't emphasize how important it is that we, especially in these days, Spend time worshiping the Father. Spend time worshiping the Father. Oh, Father, we worship you. We worship you, Lord. We thank you for your presence.
We thank you for your presence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you, Lord, as we go from the service today that for divine favor in our lives. Supernatural favor is upon us. Supernatural guidance in everything we, we go about doing and everything we put our hands to, there's favor. The favor of God. The favor of God's working in your life. The power of God's working in your body. The power of God's working in your family. The power of God's working in your job. The power of God's working in every avenue of your life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You believe that? If you believe it, say amen. 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 Father, we thank you, Lord. I call these people the head, not the tail, above, not beneath. Everything they put their hands to prospers. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>